is a blue. You're listening to Three Valleys Radio. Welcome to our In Conversation program. In this town, you're out of luck. Every week we talk to a sporting personality to find out just what makes them tick. And you're not moving anywhere. From their early childhood, to their professional career, to their musical tastes. Take you out of this place, someone you can We cover it all. So sit back and enjoy as we talk to this week's special guest. Here on Three Valleys Radio. Good evening and welcome to In Conversation. Well, good evening, everybody. Welcome to In Conversation. I'm delighted to say that my guest tonight has just come back from Aintree and he rode a very creditable fifth on Fiddler on the Roof. And I'm talking about Brendan Powell. Good evening, Brendan. Evening. How are you, all right? Doing fine. Thank you very good. much indeed. And thanks for good. coming on the show. I mean, it must have been a pretty hectic week all round with you for you. So to, to have to sort of sit down and listen to me droning on again, it must be a bit of a hardship for you. But I'm sure we'll get through it all right. So Yeah, no, it's all right. I wasn't, wasn't racing today. So, um, no, yeah, it was a bit, yeah. bit of time to relax, yeah. Well, I suppose the first thing to say is it had to be that you're going to be a jockey didn't it yeah i mean both my parents were with jockeys my my father was um was was a was a top jockey and my mother rode as an amateur so yeah. um i always grew up around around horses and racing so there's there's probably only one thing i was going to do really from an early stage yeah exactly i can remember your father riding um what was his national horse was it rhyme and reason Rhyme and Reason, yeah, that's yeah, the one. Oh, that's good for me to remember that. Um, but yeah, yeah nineteen eighty-eight. Yeah, yeah, I can remember. I can remember his name cropping up a lot, and well, I suppose it was because my my sister-in-law used to work for Ron Hodges over at Somerset. And, oh, okay, uh, uh, but that was during that sort of era that she was she was working over there as a stable mm. girl and that. So uh, obviously his name cropped up. I think he rode a few times for, for Hodges anyway, you know. But but going yeah, back yeah. Uh, going back to your youth. Um, you know, at what point did you sort of suddenly become aware of horses? How young were you? Um, I think there's a there's a picture of me sat on top of a horse. I think I was uh, probably about three or four days after coming out of hospital after my mother gave birth to me. So it's <laughs> from a very early <laughs> well, that stage. That is earlier, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. 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 I was but, sitting on horses before I could walk. So. But but realistically, I mean, when did you start getting sort of interested, you know, knowingly interested, as it were? Um... I can't really remember. It was it was right from the early days. I mean, we did a lot, did a lot of in hand show when I was a kid with Little Shetland. Yeah, used to go off and do that probably when I was two or three. And then uh, as I got a bit older, I graduated to the ponies. Yeah. Um, and sort of from the age of uh, ten to about fourteen, I was competing to a reasonable standard of uh, BSJA show jumping um, with the ponies. And then I actually packed my bags and moved to Ireland when I was 14 for, yeah. for um, two summers and, and did a bit of the pony racing out there. So, um, yeah, I always grew up around the ponies and the horses and, um, yeah, memories from an early stage. Yeah, absolutely. Um, am I right in thinking you've got Irish blood in you? Or you thought, was he Irish? Yeah, my father was Irish. He was yeah. uh, he was from from, from Cork and Mallow. Yeah, so, yeah, um, right down the bottom then. Yeah, right down the bottom. Yeah, Roy, yeah, Roy Island, Keane yeah. country that is, mate. That's that's uh, that's that's yeah. blessed country that is, Roy Keane country. Um, it is. <laughs> so you're, like, you're you're getting to be fifteen, and you're on the old pony pony club trail sort of thing. Um, I mean, it, that seems to be a very popular course that most jockeys. When I've interviewed them and spoken to them, they all sort of say the thing, well, yeah, you know, I used to do Pony Club. So, obviously, you, you followed the same same route, as it were. Uh, yeah, it wasn't really so much Pony Club I was doing. I sort of, like I said, I started off with the show jumping and then uh, and then moved on to the to the um, racing ponies um, in Ireland. Um, and, and over there, they, they, you can actually <coughs> um, race 
horses as well as as, as a kid so yeah. um it was yeah racing ponies and horses really from the age of 14 to 16 um and then i moved back and um and and sort of started the real racing then and and dad obviously and my and mum will be you know pushing you i presume and encouraging you and wanting to see you be successful yeah i mean they never they, i was never forced to you know i was always given the option if i didn't want to do it i could go and do something else but um you know they've always been very supportive of anything i wanted to do and um you know even more so with the racing yeah quite and can you remember the first time you came off um i can't remember the first time but i can remember a lot of the early ones anyway yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, you know, painful, I suppose. Have you broken many bones in your body since you've been riding? Yeah, um, done a few. I mean, I've done my done my collarbone, displaced my AC joint um, a couple of times. Uh, I've broken my humerus, a um, few ribs, wrist, thumb, um, uh, and and so they're all the major ones, really, a few yeah. concussions, etc. But I've been relatively lucky, really. Do Do you sort of... Is it easy to accept that it's just part of the job, or are there times when you're saying, "Christ, that hurts," and why am I doing this job? Does it does it ever cross your mind like that? No, never, never. No. It's all, all all part of the job, really. Yeah. Mm. And and why why jumping? Just because your dad went jumping, or or you know, would it be, or was it just? Well, no, I, I, I started off on the flat, but I was, you know, I'm about six foot, and I was always going to get too heavy to be a flat jockey. So yeah, um, <clears throat> I got to the stage where I wanted to try and make a career over jumps, and 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 sort of set that in stone. Now let's have the first of uh, Brendan's musical choices, and it's the Eagles and Hotel California.
champagne on ice And she said, we are all just prisoners here Of our own device And in the master's chambers They gathered for the feast They stab it with their steely knives But they just can't kill the beast the eagles there and that classic hotel california so um well take me through then you know when you had your let's say well did you start with point to points before you actually got into the actual national hunt racing yep started off point to pointing for a season um i only had one winner i had about 30 rides point to pointing and that was a good start um but i was i was quite light when i was 16 so um i decided to do half a half a season uh, riding on the flat yeah, yeah. And Straight after that. Who did you ride for on the flat? Anybody important? Uh I had a I had a winner for Richard Hannon Senior back when he was training. Oh, um yeah. yeah. I used to ride a bit for the late for the for the late John Hills as well and yeah. um um Tony Carroll and, you know, a few other few other trainers. So um that was a good grounding as well. But um yeah, like I said earlier, when I start to get a little bit heavier the weight sort of started to creep up a little bit, that's when I sort of decided to go to yeah. go um to go jump racing, yeah. And um am I right in thinking you're West Country based or have I just imagined that? No, uh, I was West Country based when I was um a conditional jockey when I was working for Colin Tizard. Um um when uh yeah when i was about 17 pro- probably from about 17 through to about 19 i was based down the west country yeah. um now i'm sort of up towards sort of swindon marlborough direction oh yeah so not not that far then anyway but but not yeah. too far yeah no, no i suppose because i mean presumably you come out and uh, come and ride out for colin does i do you quite a bit <laughs> yeah i come down to collins every week to score the horses throughout the season um right. so um yeah get to know oh. the horses in the yard or well, maybe next time I go over there, I'll try and arrange it when you're there, and then we can meet personally. So yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> but um, going back to, to your, you know this this point to point era, um, you rode a few winners there, or one winner you said. Um, at what point then did you then switch to to uh, full blown national hunt racing? Um, I I turned conditional probably. <clears throat> 
probably about three months before I turned 17. So I probably did, I probably did the best part of nine or 10 months as an amateur. Yeah. Um, um, and, and then, yeah, I was, I was probably, probably just before I was about to turn 17. That's when I turned conditional, um, and moved down the West country to Colin Tizard's. Um, and I ended up riding, riding out my claim sort of pretty quick. So I actually ended up becoming a professional by the time I was, uh, I think just before I was 19, I think. And of course, riding for Colin Tizard in particular and Joe, I mean, Joe being an ex-jockey himself, um, I imagine you got plenty of encouragement from them as well. Yeah, they were brilliant to me. They took me in as part of, you know, part of the family really from yeah. right, right, right from the get-go. So, um, you know, Joe took me under his wing and I lived with Joe um, for, for quite a long time um, when I was based down that way. So, um, yeah, they've always, they've always looked out for me and, you know, it's great to be back riding for them again. And and did you then, you know, when you you'd ridden for him and and you you uh, got your conditional claim, I presume, uh, were you um, did you did you move on then to somebody else or did you stay with Colin for the while? Um, I stopped riding for Colin for a couple of years. Um, I ended up riding for um, for a few other trainers and and was freelance for a couple of years. Um, and uh and yeah um sort of the start of last season was was when i sort of got got the job as as, as you know more or less first jockey for, for the colin and joe tizard stable oh that's that must have been a, a huge boost to your confidence to, to you know i mean they're a big stable and it all right not perhaps quite as big as john gosden or something but they're pretty big in, in national hunt terms aren't they <laughs> Oh, 100 percent. Yeah, they'd be, you know, they'd be one of the, you know, one of the biggest national hunt yards in the UK. So, yeah. um, to get the opportunity to ride, ride, ride a stable jockey to them was 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 brilliant. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. More music now. The second of Brendan's choices is uh, Jumping Jack Flash, and of course, the Rolling Stone.
was the Stones, of course, and Jumping Jack Flash. You've been riding now for, uh, you know, fully professional for how many years? Fully professional? Um, probably about eight years now. Eight years. Now, during that time, yeah. um, the inevitable question, I suppose, what's the best horse you've ever ridden? Uh, Native River. He's oh. the best horse I've ever ridden. Yeah. Um, I won, uh, won about five races on Native River when he was a novice hurdler and a novice chaser. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, he'd, he'd be the best one. He'd be the best by, by a long way. And uh, number two? Um, ooh, be quite, there's probably quite a few joint second place, I'd imagine. Um, yeah, I can't uh, can't think off the top of my head. The best. Right, you know, there's been, been quite worry. a lot of ones. Yeah. <laughs> don't worry. Um, so what was I going to say? Yeah, but uh, so what about you know big races and that? I mean, you've obviously competed in a lot of big races. What would you say is your your best your <clears throat> best uh, win? Um, I mean, I've had well, my three winners at the Cheltenham Festival were were, were brilliant. But um, yeah, I, I suppose. You know, I've had a couple of nice Grade Two winners this year um, on El Dorado Allen. So I suppose maybe the the Denman Chase would probably be one of the uh, one of the best. You know, one of the one of the highest profile races I've won. Yeah. And and you know, what's it like being a professional jockey? I mean, I know you know there's a it's a lot of lot of hard work. But can you can you take me through an average week? Um, not not like a, a, a Grand National week, but just an average week where you've got you know, Fontwell and Plumpton and wherever sort of thing, Taunton. You know, how does it how does it go for you? Start from the beginning of the week and talk me through it. Um, well, it, it always varies, but you know, generally you'd be riding five five or six days of the week usually, and um, you know, you'd have you'd probably leave on average um, probably between five and five and half past five in the morning to go and go and ride out um at whatever yard you're going to ride out in the morning um go and do you know go and do a couple of lots in in that yard and school a few horses um and then back in the car again off to the races um you could have anywhere between one and six rides if you're busy yeah um hopefully a few winners that day as well and um yeah back in the car again and back home and and you know do it all again the following day and you know, you could either be at a local meeting, you know, like like Newbury is for me, which is only sort of half an hour, or you could be, you know, riding up at Perth or Air, which is, you know, which is, you know, could be a, a fourteen-hour round trip. So um, it all all varies, really. Yeah. Do you find the driving and you know a, a bit of a an imposition? I suppose. I, I mean, I I used to have to do it for Yeovil Tower when they played away, and you know, you have to travel around all over the country. Um, it can be frustrating. Do, do you find it so? No, I don't mind driving. To be honest, uh, the only thing I don't like about it is uh, is, is getting stuck in traffic. But um, mm. but driving has never really been something that's been been too much of an issue for me. Um, as long as I've got a good playlist or a podcast to listen to, I'm yeah. I'm happy enough. Oh, you definitely have a good podcast this time, then. <laughs> I'll yeah. have a copy of this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, I know one thing I always found most frustrating with the driving though was that. Because of the, I suppose, because of the logistics of of roadworks generally, if they were ever going to close a road, they would always decide to do it on a Friday or a Saturday night at about ten o'clock, and it was usually around Salisbury, and we would be coming yeah. back from wherever we'd been playing, and then you'd get to a sign where you had a, about a sort of twenty or thirty mile detour when you'd already driven for God knows how many miles. That used to drive me to insanity. It really did, but um, I don't know whether because I mean I suppose most of the time it's motorway for you, is it? Yeah, I mean I suppose um, quite often in the summertime, you know, you'd be get on the way back from from an evening meeting, um, so you'd be getting back late enough as it is. But you know what's like in the summer? That's when a lot of the road works are getting done. So there's parts of the motorway that can be shut, and that can add an extra half an hour onto your journey when you're already due to be back at midnight. So um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, road closures aren't ideal. Do you do you find? Uh, I mean, you must have to be, you know, insanely fit to to cope with not just the physicalities of riding a horse and jumping a horse and winning races, but but just the mere, you know, up at five, riding out, drive to the race meeting, do the racing, come back, maybe do an evening meeting. I mean, it's a hell of a lot of work, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Um, but I think you find once you sort of get into the routine of it, it's a lot easier. And I think a lot of jockeys tell you that their habits are routine. So, um, you know, once <clears throat> towards the end of the season, you can sort of start to feel a little bit burnt out. But, um, 
you know that's kind of when you need to use your the days that you have off as a good opportunity to recharge the batteries but um yeah once you kind of get into the routine of getting up in the morning riding out and going racing but you've got to do everything in moderation as well you can't you can't overwork yourself too much so you need to you know make sure you keep track on yeah on 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 doing enough but not doing too much but i mean do, do you do you sort of uh, you know to go to the gym and that sort of stuff do you do much of that no, I wouldn't be much of a gym goer. There's a, there's there's quite a lot of lads go to the gym now, but um, I find just riding out and racing keeps me keeps me fit enough. Um, More music now. This time we've got the Arctic Monkeys and Mardi Bum. monkeys there and mardi bomb you know during the summer times if, if i'm not if i'm not riding as regularly as it would be in the winter i'd <clears throat> go for a run on the roads for a couple of miles yeah. um a couple of days a week just to just to keep the lungs in shape but um but no i wouldn't i wouldn't be much of a i, I, I wouldn't see the inside of a gym that much no and, and talking of running do you, do you have ever run a run a, a race course before you know when you get there sort of thing before you actually race no, I mean a lot of jockeys run the race course beforehand. Um, mainly if they've got a couple of pounds to lose. Yeah. Um, obviously we we lost the use of saunas um, at the beginning. You know, once racing started back after COVID. Um, so you know a lot of jockeys use use running methods to um, to lose a couple of pounds, and and some of them use it just to just to check the ground. But um, yeah. no, once I get to the races, I like to just sort of chill out for an hour before racing before I get ready. Next up in the musical stakes, we've got Tina Turner and Nutbush City Limits.
Tina Turner there and Nutbush City Limits. Did you find the whole COVID scenario uh, difficult to cope with? Um, what, when there was no racing or when we came back? Well, no, when you were racing, when there was nobody there watching you, or at least not many people. Um, yeah, to, to be honest, when, when there was no crowds or anything, it was quite easy to get out of the race course after racing. So oh, yes. uh, once once racing came back, it was um, it was a bit of a shock to the system again. And um, but you know, it, for the first for the first week or so, it was quite strange not having crowds. But um, you know, having crowds at the races is 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 what creates all the um, atmosphere yeah. and the buzz. So um, you know, when crowds did eventually come back, it was it was brilliant. You you didn't have you know I mean how how difficult was it knowing that you I mean I guess when when you look at COVID now to when you look back along you know there was a real fear well certainly for somebody my age because obviously you know they were saying that if you got if you were old and you got it it was it wasn't funny but I mean did you find that you know that the the sheer sort of threat of it all hanging over you did you find that you thought too much about it or was it at the back of your mind no it, obviously you know we, we all we all took you know followed the guidelines and took all the precautions we needed to but um you know covid wasn't really something that that worried me too much but um that's just that, that you know that was just me but when you yeah. you know we were very lucky to, to to carry on working whilst covid was going on there are a lot of people that that weren't able to return back to work for a long time after racing started so um it was just nice to sort of be out and about and um and, and competing again more music now and this time it's another rolling stones track and it's called out of control Amen. 
stones of course there and out of control yeah quite i mean you know i'm i'm going through a scenario right now my, my wife's got it um she had it uh, last thursday she first tested positive so of course yeah. i'm i'm walking around she's walking around with a mask on keeping out of my way so because and so far touch wood i've not got it which is good um but yeah but you know i, I mean i think if this had been a year or so i would have been absolutely you know bricking it because you know the sheer thought of <clears throat> when you see all these people in hospital, it was awful. Uh, but yet now we all sort of, I wouldn't say take it for granted exactly, but there's certainly less concern about the whole thing, don't you feel? Yeah, and it almost sort of happened overnight, really. Mm. Um, it all went from from uh, from which you know it was a, it was a deadly virus, but sort of it, it it almost almost overnight it kind of turned to. Um, Turned to that, it wasn't that big of a deal, really. No, that's right. You know, I mean, I, I know, I see there was a thing in the paper today where Boris is saying, you know, we've got to treat it just as a, uh, you know, a bit like a flu epidemic, and it, and it's not, uh, it's not that bad. But I mean, uh, you know, we didn't think it that a few months ago. So he certainly changed his tune quickly. That's for certain. But um, yeah, he's got something else to concentrate on now with this war going on. Um, yeah. But uh, looking at the uh, Racing Post page on you, it says here that in the last five seasons, that's from 2017 to 2022, you've won 1.986320 pounds in prize money, which is yeah, the not the, bad. The tax man takes 20% of that, doesn't he? So. <laughs> well, yeah, but I mean, I suppose, I mean, that obviously is included in the money that goes to the owners of the horse, isn't it? The, 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 yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I mean, but what, I'm, what I'm getting at is, though, I mean, you know, that is not bad for somebody. How old are you, if you don't mind me asking? Uh, twenty-seven. Twenty-seven. No, you're a bit older than I thought, actually, but not a lot. Mm. But but nonetheless, twenty-seven-year-old won nearly two million pounds worth of prize money. That shows you've been pretty successful during your well the last five seasons. You've done it anyway. Yeah, I th I, well, I, th I think I think <clears throat> just over a million of that has has been in this season alone. So has it? Yeah. Um, I yeah, I, th I think winning, well, win and place prize money this season. I, I think I, a couple of weeks ago, I broke the, broke the million pound mark, which was which was for the first time I've done that in the yeah. season. So, um, so yeah, that you know, that, that you know, it's just it's been a been a fantastic season, really. Do you find it strange when, um, I mean, I know there's not that long left of the season now. I couldn't tell exactly how many weeks or days, but, um. That, but then it's sort of you have a day off and then it's the new season. Do you find that a rather strange sort of way of doing things? Um, yeah, it is. I mean, we've got we've got sand down and then there's five days of no racing um, and then we start back again. But but during our five days um, with no racing, there's um, there's Punchers Town. So um, so I think I think Colin and Joe are going to send a few horses over there. So yeah, um, yeah be um, be be back to the grind again. But you know, once once we get sand down out of the way, it'd be all back to zero again. Everyone be on a level playing field from. And the last musical track is, of course, Tina Turner again and Steamy Windows. I was 
Tina Turner there, and of course Stevie Windows. And starting from fresh. And and do you you know do you get a holiday in in between around now or not? Between between now and when? Well, I mean, you know, when the season starts and starts or, or finishes and starts again, obviously it's only a couple of days. So, I mean, do you not get a sort of at any stage? Do you get a, you know a couple of weeks off where you can go and sun yourself? Yeah, I think we get we get twelve days twelve days off in August. I think. Right. Um, so that's that's pretty much the only sort of solid holiday we get all year round, really. Is it? Mm, you surprised yeah. me. I thought you'd have fitted it. At, you know. I bet Frankie de Tori gets more than you do then. <laughs> yeah, I think he can afford to. <laughs> I think he probably can, yeah. But he's, you know, quite quite an example. Of that. But um so so looking looking forward then, um, Brendan, I mean, you know, you've been doing it for what, five, six, seven, eight years, whatever. Um what's on the horizon now? What what sort of uh, mountains have you got to climb that you want to climb and what, what targets have you got for yourself? Um, to be honest, Eddie, I, I'm not really one that sets targets. Um, I mean, this season now, I, I, I you know, the, the best season I had was 41 winners. I always wanted to get to 50. Um, so I'm on, I'm on 61 for the season now. Um, but yeah, in terms of targets, really, I just, just want to stay fit and healthy and, um, carry on, you know, keeping the owners and trainers that I ride for happy and, um, and, and just, you know, do my best on a daily basis, really. Yeah, yeah. Well, you certainly, you know, made a a name for yourself for a start. You know, what does your father think about your progress? Yeah, I mean, he's. He, I'm. I'm hoping him and my mother are, are pretty proud of everything. And um, you know, they're you know, like I said earlier, they're massive supporters. So, yeah. you know, any any advice or help I need, you know, I can always rely on them to to to, to point me in the right direction. Do they live near you, or do they live down? Again, I got this impression he might live near Taunton, or did I imagine that? No, they they both live in Ireland. Oh, Ireland do they? Yeah, yeah, they're both in Ireland, really so I don't get to see too much of them. <laughs> no, a little bit further away from that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, and and what does your father do now? Do you think is he still sort of pottering around with horses or what? Yeah, he's assistant trainer to Joseph O'Brien now. Oh, is he? Right. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. So um, he's got a good job there. And Joseph O'Brien, I'm right in saying, is is flat and jumps, isn't he? Yeah, he is, but he's not going to be training jumpers for that much longer, I don't think. Um, I think he announced uh, a couple of weeks ago that he's he's going to concentrate on his flat horses. Ah, oh, right, OK. Uh, yeah. but, but you'll carry on, obviously, over here and uh, making a great yeah. success of your life, I'm sure. So, right. well, look, Brendan, that's that's absolutely wonderful that you've been so open and, and uh, entertaining. That's great. That's what we want. Um, really appreciate you coming on the show. Um and I'm sure we'll we'll ring you from time to time if there's a big race or something, and just have a quick chat with you if that's all right with you. Yeah, yeah, feel free. That's, that's absolutely fine. Well, it's it's nice, that, you know, because I know the press can be a pain. Uh, I I know because I was the press and I know what it's like. <laughs> so uh, you know, but it's nice when people treat you with respect, and and we try and treat you with respect, and then everybody gets on, and we all get what we want at the end of the day. So. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's been great talking to you. So thank you very much yeah. for that. Um, thanks for coming on. Best of luck for the rest of the season. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me on. Uh, no problem. Thank you. This is Three Valleys Radio. The heart is a blue. And you've been listening to the In Conversation programme with A.D. Hopper. Make sure you join us every week here on Three Valleys Radio. And the reason that you have...